Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year. Unless it's a leap year, and then I'm going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and you're listening to this on the first day of August 2016, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from various locations in the Bay Area, starting right now in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin and former Detroit Tigers star Dan Petrie. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm starting this recording on the morning of the 31st of July. I got up not too long ago, do what I always do, wipe my eyes, hug my children, and check my Twitter feed. Well, it is the final day before the the waiver wire deadline for trades can be made, and you're going to see a bunch of moves. We've already seen the Eduardo Nunez trade with the Giants and the Twins, and that's already paid off some dividends for San Francisco. Uh, Melanson, in a move which I still find a little odd because I still think the Pirates have a very good chance to make up a lot of ground and be a wild card team, uh, traded Melanson, but got a major leaguer back, and I think they may be lining up something else. Uh, we all know that uh, Roldis Chapman was traded to the Cubs, and the Yankees got a nice haul for that, and the Cubs sold their soul. And it looked like when I woke up and I checked my feed, the Yankees made a deal with Cleveland to send him Andrew Miller. I'm 100% for picking up Andrew Miller if I were Cleveland, because they do need depth in their bullpen. Uh, the price was very steep, and they picked up, you know, the Yankees picked up four players, including a top outfield prospect from Cleveland. And you know what? You know, good for the Yankees. Seriously, good for the Yankees. I mean, I'm not a Yankee fan. I'm clearly a Yankee hater. But they flipped to, you know, look at Chapman for all the things that I've said about him and I feel about him and and I'm, and I'm not backing down for them. He's an undeniably talented reliever and will help any bullpen that he's in. And the same can be said for Miller. And But they've got back, they got back, you know, what, eight players for them? You know, that's taking a page. And, and, and some of the prospects are, are considered to be, you know, highly valuable prospects. That's taking a page from what Houston did a few years ago. What Houston did a few years ago when they were absolutely horrific – coming through a bunch of 100-loss seasons, they traded away for quantity as much as quality. Let's just flood our farm system with as many young players as possible and see how many of them can develop. You know, look at, I don't give Brian Cashman a lot of praise often, but, you know, you got to give it to him when it's due. And they picked up some, you know, we got to see which one of them pan out. We all thought Matt Laporta was going to be great. We all thought Brett Wallace was going to be great. So you don't always know how these prospects turn out. But the fact that the Yankees are being smart and building up their farm system, that's the way to go. They're not going to win this year. They're probably not going to win next year. But if they build up a young team, they could have a pennant contender by, you know, 18 or 19. So, you know, begrudgingly hat-tipped. Now, the big thing that made Twitter explode right now is the fact that LaCroix, was traded from Milwaukee to Cleveland, and as of this recording, he turned it down. 
he exercised his right to veto a trade. Cleveland was on his no-trade list. Cleveland and Milwaukee knew that it was on his no-trade list. They put together a trade anyway that would have, again, sacrificed a couple of their top prospects heading over to Milwaukee. And, as was LaCroix's right, he says, I'm going to exercise my no-trade clause. He doesn't want to go to Cleveland. These are not commodities that are bought and sold. These are human beings with collectively bargained for rights. This doesn't mean LaCroix is not a... You know, there's all this crap I was seeing on Twitter. Well, it's not... He's not a competitor. He's not a competitor. He turned down the trade. No, no. That's not where he wants to go. Or if they are going to do that, then they're going to have to sweeten the pot a little. That's because... This is what he's bargained for. This is what is in his contract. And there were many years that he was a top flight catcher not being paid market value. So, sorry, that's called reality. It's nothing to do with his will to win or his heart. You don't know. He put in years and years of playing terrific ball in Milwaukee and only a couple of those years were they any good. So don't talk to him about whether or not he's a competitor or anything like that. If you find yourself typing that, do, do everyone a favor and grab a ski pole and just jam it into your foot. Okay? Knock it off. But, as of right now, he is still a brewer. If I were the Yankees, I would immediately call up Cleveland and say, what was that package you wanted? Well, you can have, that. You can have Brian McCann for that package right now if you want. Absolutely. You just flood the Yankee farm system with as many players as you can. And look at McCann, by the end of this podcast, will be on a contending team. They'll have worked out a deal, whether it's sweetening the pot with Cleveland or whether it's him being dealt to Los Angeles or to Texas or to some other team or to the Mets, where I think he'll probably wind up. Someone will get him. So don't worry about, he doesn't want to be on a winner. He's going to be on a winner. So, throughout the course of this day, when things happen, I'm going to check back in. And this is going to be a fun day. I still stand by. It would be even more fun if this was all condensed into one day. Just one day where you can make all these deals. And have it be an off day for all the teams. But, that's just... Commissioner Sully at work right there. So I'll be back a little later. We'll see what's happening in the world of trades. <laughs> well, all right, uh, I'm back. Uh, some of you may have been a little bit confused by the beginning of this podcast, and that's because, well, frankly, your pal Sully is a little confused about something. Um, uh, let me tell you something. For the last bunch of years, at least as going back to the 1980s, the waiver wire deadline was on the 31st of July. And at one point, unbeknownst to me, this year it was moved up to August 1st. You know, maybe intellectually I knew that. Maybe part of me understood that to a degree, but didn't really put two and two. Maybe it's just out of habit that I looked up, I saw July 31st. Yep, that's the waiver wire trade deadline, as it is every year. But no, it's not. It's on Monday. And on Monday, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go to the my MLB at that app. Tomorrow is, should be a light schedule, is it? Yeah, there's not as many games tomorrow. Well, 
you know, I got news for you. I'm, I'm, I'm extraordinarily disappointed. Well, first and foremost, I got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, friend of Sully Baseball and friend of the podcast, uh, uh, Mark Fahey, pointed that out. And, uh, man, I feel a little dumb right now, especially as I was posting stuff uh, and recording this very podcast as if planes flying overhead. Do you want the way this podcast is going today? I thought we were doing an extravaganza. And, uh, nope, nope, we're not. Uh, I'm not going to cut out the plane. Uh, so, so I kind of liked it being on a Sunday. I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of liked all the games going on and thinking, well, we got a full schedule here and no one knows who's being traded for what. And quite frankly, it's a little disappointing. It's a little disappointing. It's going to be on a Monday. Partly because, you know, your pal Sully is a job. I'm going to be at work. I can't sit around looking at the, 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 the ticker all damn day. But also, you know, this was a nice, fun Sunday where you're going to have a bunch of baseball, wondering what's going to happen when the trade deadline bell rings. And now we got this. We may very well have a bunch of trades. I thought by the end of the day, we were going to find out what's going to happen to LaCroix, and apparently it's going to be at the end of tomorrow. Now, the way things are shaping up, one or two things are going to happen to LaCroix. Uh, either they're going to sweeten the pot, and again, it's his right. If he said, this team's on my no-trade list, you're going to trade me there? Okay, it's going to cost you some money. That's his right. That has nothing to do with his will to win. That has nothing to do with whether or not he's a competitor. Nothing. That's what he wants to do. I think that could happen. What I think will happen is this. I think the Indians are going to make a deal for another catcher. Probably someone... I I made the suggestion it'd be McCann from the Yankees. Maybe it's someone like Derek Norris from uh, San Diego. I keep wanting to say Oakland because I associate him with the Oakland A's. Someone like that. Or maybe Suzuki from uh, Minnesota. I don't know. I don't know the answer. But I think that because they waived such a huge package to get LaCroix, maybe they could say, okay, we'll have a slightly smaller deal and bring in someone like Norris, which would probably wind up doing quite well. As I'm recording this, if I, if I remember correctly, the Indians were winning by a lot today. Let me just go up to my app here once again. And the score in Cleveland is 8 nothing Oakland. So obviously they, they're not in need of a huge bat. And Corey Kluber was pitching today. Did you know Corey Kluber leads the league in WOB? He has the best WOB total of any American League pitcher right now. But I think LaCroix is going to wind up going to Texas. I think Texas has a bunch of prospects. Texas has a bunch of ready-made players. I don't think it's going to net Gallo. I don't think it's going to net Profar. But I think it will get one of the other good, solid players they have. That he'll, They'll wind up sending him packing to Milwaukee. They'll get LaCroix. With the mentality of like, hey, if we can't get a big, huge pitcher like they did last year when they picked up Cole Hamels, then maybe we'll get a catcher who can handle this pitching staff well. Not 100% sure how that's going to work or not, but that's what I think is going to happen. Now, I have a feeling you're going to see a couple other smaller trades going on today. It would not surprise me to see Carlos Beltran go, because if the Yankees are going to start trading away players, they might as well just start dumping everything that doesn't move. 
And I think you're also going to see a bunch of players who are going to go off. And I think you're going to see a major deal between the A's and the Dodgers. I think the A's and the Dodgers are going to pull off a deal that will bring in Hill and bring in Reddick. Now, the, the Reds have been dangling Jay Bruce to everyone in creation and are probably going to ask everything in return for Jay Bruce. I think the Dodgers, there's been the, the rumbling about that, I think the Dodgers have to make that move because it will bring in a starting pitcher that they need, albeit one with a lot of blisters, and they'll bring in a right fielder, albeit one that has certain amounts of inconsistency. And next thing you know, you'll be able to at least fill in two gaps. Maybe not with superstars, but fill in two gaps. And with L.A. within striking distance of San Francisco, that'd be pretty scary. And if I were the Giants right now, you know what? Pence coming back is like making a trade. Nunez coming in is, is a trade. They gotta get a number five star, not even a great pitcher, just a someone who can fill in at the end of the the rotation, and someone who can just fill in in the bullpen. They don't need stars. They need people to fill in the cracks. So if you're going around, and you're seeing like, hey, the the Padres are dumping everyone, the the Twins are dumping everyone, Oakland's dumping everyone. Just start picking a bunch of pieces up, Giants. Don't be idle. It's an even year, okay? If you just have an answer for each of those things, they're going to go far again. Because they're having a slump now. Would you rather have a slump in July or would you have that slump in October? Dodgers, Giants are going to be interesting. Dodgers, Giants could make for a really wonderful NL West. And, by the way, have you noticed that the Marlins are a playoff team right now and that the Rockies are are not that far behind? I'm just saying. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. All right, well, I feel a little foolish because I thought this was going to be my big, spectacular uh, trade deadline show. But it could still be a spectacular show. So, anyway, we'll see what happens. I'll come back later. Okay, right now I am sitting on the couch in my... In-laws, my, my, my mother and father-in-law's home in the South Bay. My kids are playing some sort of game. What, what game are you guys playing? Yeah, it's a, some sort of Star Wars game on the computer. And I'm watching, the, the Red Sox just won a game that I would have bet one of my kids that they would have lost. They were losing 3 nothing with two outs and two strikes. Yeah, I would bet you. That's how certain I would have been. And the Red Sox were going to lose that game. And they somehow came back. Mookie Betts, who I am, who I am in love with in, many, in every way that you could be in love with someone, hit that hit that prolonged the inning. Then Pedroia hit the home run. They tacked on another home run. And with the Toronto loss, now the Red Sox are still in this divisional race. I'll say it. That's the win of the year so far. You, when you have a game where you say, no, there's no way they can win this, that they do, I mean, that's just, I'm, I'm over the moon right now. Now, meanwhile, I'm watching right now the Giants and the Washington Nationals. Now, you know what happened in this game. But it was 3-1 Giants here in the ninth. And they, the Giants left the bases loaded in the bottom of the eighth. And I kept thinking, Giants have to get a couple of runs in because you don't want to have Casilla with a close game. 
And here we are. They didn't get those runs in. It's only 3-1. Casilla hits the first batter. It's, it's already, you know, everyone's trembling watching this game right now. Why, in the name of Atlee Hamaker, is Santiago Casilla still the automatic option in the ninth? I mean, I don't even understand the whole idea. Well, they haven't made a big trade yet. Then try someone else. Now, he could very well get the save here, but, I mean, why is it automatic that they go to him? I don't know. I'm going to wait to see what happens at this inning. Okay, there's two outs in this game right now. The reason I keep bringing this up is this notion of if there's someone you automatically bring into the ninth inning, it has to be because there's a sense of it's an automatic that he's going to get the job done. The way Lidge did in 2008, the way that Folk did in 2004, the way that Rivera did all those years. And the fact that they're still acting like he is that, I mean, wouldn't it behoove the Giants to just, even if they haven't made, obviously they have not made a trade for Andrew Miller. I thought Andrew Miller would have been the perfect fit for the Giants. They have made a trade for Mark Melanson. He would have been a terrific fit for the Giants. I'm glad they didn't trade for Aroldis Chapman for the reasons I pointed out before. There's someone else and give them a shot because I don't understand why you give him this chance. He's now facing Daniel Murphy. First pitch is high. Hey. Next pitch is going to come in. Oh, look at that. He swung and missed. Seriously, if he lets up a home run right here, I'm going to throw this microphone into the Pacific Ocean. And he now is looking at Daniel Murphy. Here's the pitch. And, well, look at that. A swing and a miss. And the pitch, and here we go. He struck him out. He gets the save. Still doesn't mean it's smart to bring him in now. I mean, they got lucky. You can find another closer. Nationals only get three hits. Giants got a big win. But make a trade, Giants. You still need bullpen help. All right, well, this is the end of a very strange day of baseball, which is strange because I didn't know what the hell was really going on. And it ended with John Lester coming off the bench and laying down a two-strike bunt to win a game for the Cubs. That's weird. That's not usual. That's not normal. That was today. So, a lot of things are going to find out tomorrow, I guess. We're going to find out what happens to Jay Bruce. We're going to find out what happens to Jonathan Lucroy. We're going to find out what happens with Josh Reddick. Uh, we're going to find out what relievers get scattered around baseball. I personally think the Cubs... Uh, not the Cubs, I'm sorry, the White Sox got to trade uh, James Shields. I don't know if they should deal Quintana and they should deal Sale because they could very well be a pennant contender for next year. But with all of the people overpaying for pitchers, Sale's been there for, what, an hour? He's had a couple of good starts. And some teams, if they're desperate to get something, they'll fork over a really good player or two to the White Sox for James Shields. Eh, pull that off. Meanwhile, I think the Yankees, as I said, trade Beltran, trade McCann, trade Gardner, trade Sabathia. Not because I'm a Red Sox fan, but because you can get at least one good player for each of them and just build the new Yankee team. 
Ah, I'm being a broken record at that point. You know, this is all going to be moot when we do our podcast tomorrow, which I thought was going to be today. You know, this is the perils of doing a podcast 365 days a year. Sometimes you think you're going to have a great extravaganza, and instead you found out you're doing it on the wrong day. It's like the scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark. They're digging in the wrong place. He's doing it on the wrong day. Well, who owned baseball, at least? Um, You would think I would put Dustin Pedroia for the two-out, three-run home run to give him the lead and finishing the game with that double play. But do you know what? I'm not a homer when I do Wob. Wob sees no bias. And Miguel Cabrera, three for four, two homers, four runs batted in. The Tigers swept the Houston Astros and are in it to win it. Uh, Corey Kluber is the first 10 Wob player of the year. Who would have thought that? Seven shutout innings against the A's. Neil Walker missed the cycle by a double, and the Mets got a much-needed win against Colorado. Colorado was sneaking into it. Did you notice that? Did I mention that earlier? I don't even remember anymore. And do you know what? I was going to give it to Matt Cain for his five no-hit innings, but I, I you know, he was so wild, and I just had trouble doing it. And Carl Edwards Jr. came out of the bullpen struck out five of the six batters he faced, shut down the Mariners' offense when it looked like they were going to turn Sunday Night Baseball into a laugher. They got off to the big start with Felix Hernandez on the mound, and it was Carl Edwards Jr. not going to be part of the decision, not going to get a win, not going to get a save. No one's going to remember his performance. I will. I'll give him a wob. Good job. Carl Edwards Jr., a rare wob for a reliever. Uh, Half wobs. Gregory Polanco played well in the Pirates' loss to the Brewers. Chad Betta struck out eight Mets in six innings in the Rockies' loss. Aaron Sanchez, seven strong innings, gave up just two runs, but the Blue Jays fell out of first place in the 6-2 loss in extra innings to Baltimore. And Carlos Beltran homered and singled, driving in a pair. Yankees lost to Tampa Bay in what could be Carlos Beltran's final game as a Yankee. So if you keep the score at home, that would be Neil Walker, Miguel Cabrera, Corey Kluber, and my new friend, Carl Edward Jr. Uh, Carl Edwards Jr., sorry. Uh, half wobs to Gregory Blanco, Chad Bettis, Carlos Beltran, and Aaron Sanchez. Go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Doctor and Patrick Kaliski. Well, happy August, everyone. This is the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the first day of August 2016, the real final day of the waiver wire uh, trade deadline. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. I don't know how to check the calendar, but you can call me Sully.